he reached into his own with the front of his pants and kind of the back of his pants and he smelled his own fingers To our latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Shusko. USA. 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 Boy, did we have to eat a little crow. I felt like at least about I did. Your own I did team. this past yeah. week. About my own team. Yes and no. I mean, we can all agree they did not look good. No. And we were not the only ones that were saying the sky was falling after they lost to Columbia. No, but that's probably true. The same starting eleven did turn things around in the next two matches, and did exactly what we said they needed to do: two wins and uh, qualify. What we weren't expecting was that two wins would be enough to win the group over Colombia. No, never, ever, ever saw that coming. Costa Rica, thank you very much. We we thought you hated us, but hey, we're, well, we're thankful listen, for the win. The, I, thanks to Costa Rica for giving a crap. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the Colombian coach for making 10 substitutions <laughs> and starting his second team thinking help. they were already through which they were not thinking probably they would probably have to play uh, well I guess it's been lessened because Brazil got knocked off. That's they're, right. They're going to be playing Peru so it That's didn't right. hurt them as bad maybe as they originally thought. In case you have no idea what we're talking about, the United States won Group A of the Copa America. Colombia finished second. All of that thanks to the U.S. holding on to a 1-0 win over Paraguay. And yeah. beating Costa Rica prior to last that. Tuesday, mm-hmm. a week from today. That was a thumping too. 4-0. 4-0. 4-0, 4-0 thumping. Yeah. The worst defeat for Costa Rica against the United States. Never. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Dempsey in that game had a goal. Jermaine Jones had a goal. Bobby Wood had a goal. Nope. And, well, not yet. Not yet. Uh, and Graham uh, Zuzzi. Uh, who would have thought that 87th minute goal when you're already at 3 nothing to make put you up 4 nothing was going to be the difference to get you first place in the group? Because that's what that was. See if, if Klinsman had brought on Wando. We'd be second. <laughs> likely. Sorry, sorry Wando. Likely true. Sorry, Wando. But it's true. And uh, and so uh, that result, coupled with the Paraguay win uh, over the weekend, meant that the United States finished with six points. Same total as Colombia after losing to Costa Rica, 3-2. to two. And uh, by goal differential, thanks to that big him, Costa Rica we win. We had them plus one. We uh, we win the group, which meant that we expected to uh, escape playing Brazil in the quarterfinals. Uh, but we found out the next night in Group B that Brazil would be knocked out after a Amazing. very controversial goal. What I can only describe as an exhibition moment in an exhibition tournament. We can talk about that now. We can dive into. Let's it talk about more. it now. Let's can just, we talk let's about just it now? do it. Let's just do it. Okay. Jump right in. Jump um, into the matches. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I just want to talk about this one moment in particular because oh. Peru beats Brazil one nil, and uh, and it's it's because of a hand, pretty clear handball. I've never seen a more clear handball goal. First of all, I guess we probably don't see many of those. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, you just turn your body and just kind of volley it in with your forearm. That's what happened. Now maybe you know, talk to a friend of mine who's a who's Brazilian, he said, listen, we shouldn't have left it up to that point. In other words, Brazil should have put the game away before this. They dominated the statistics. And it shouldn't have came down to this. But still, what a crappy way. It's a bad way. What what year is it? 2016? Are you going to call for replay? Yes, it is 2016. Are you about to call for replay? How long was the game held up at that point? I know. By the time the referee made the decision, I mean, it was about three minutes. Seven minutes that the game had stopped, just in case you're wondering. He talked oh, individually gosh. to his linesman mm-hmm. for two straight minutes. You're telling me that someone, how many times in the replay, but the first time the replay saw it, the announcers, everyone knew what it was. They surely didn't replay it in the stadium because... There would have been riots and and people you know people might have might have truly died. I thought it was interesting. Fox chose to wait to play the replay until the referee made the decision. So everyone was wondering, without having seen the replay, 
what the referee was going That's to do. That's probably because people at home were on their cell phones <laughs> calling the coaches like, look. Is that why the that referee the kept putting his hand to his ear? Like, ball like, ball was home. Call, calls he, from home. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it could have yeah. been. It took that long. He could have got a call from mom at home to mm. tell him that. Son, that, it was a handball. It wasn't that tough. Oh, boy. Didn't they say that the head referee called it a goal, but the but the linesman did not? I'm not, like, I'm not sure. Right about that. A, I feel like I heard that 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 was the that even at the beginning it was like there would have been dispute. It, it was initially, I think it initially was called as a goal, and then the ref, you see the referee is over on the sideline uh, talking to the assistant. So that would make sense what you're saying, Brian, because then maybe the maybe the linesman put doubt in the head referee's mind. Uh, didn't you see that that uh, went off his arm there, uh, <laughs> Chief? What's we're, so we're wrong? We're about to be booted from the Copa. Uh, What's last so- Copa match? Are you referee? Do you have a good exit strategy? Maybe that's what they were talking about. <laughs> All right, so. If we call this a goal, <laughs> do they which, give, which way should we go? Do they out give of referees here? parachute? What payments? is so wrong with having a fourth or fifth official on the goal line like they do in the World Cup and like they do well, in they the Euro did, But they need to give them more to do. I agree with you. I, I don't see any reason why you can't have the fourth official go to a TV monitor on the sideline. It, you know, maybe it takes a minute. No, no, no. I'm talking about like a referee on the goal line. Like the Euros have like that ref have, that's right a UEFA next, thing. Yeah. 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 Re- they have referees on each end line yeah, that would staring work. at plays. That would work. And, and give like, him the, like, the ability like, to call that as a handball. Uh, yeah, that could have potentially worked. I mean, most handballs that were caught by the four referees that are already part of the match, you know, you just you never can be prepared for every situation. But I, I agree with you. That could have potentially taken care of it. And this is a big enough tournament where having those two extra referees might have been a, a right decision to make. But nonetheless, it means Peru goes through. They won Group B. Ecuador finished second. And that means the United States plays Ecuador in the quarterfinals. In Seattle. This Thursday. Seattle. This Thursday night. Century Link. Yes. And I have to believe, I have to believe the place is going to be bananas. Seattle is already there. It's a great location for Sounders matches. They they are loud. They are always in full force. Uh, Now, Century Link Field's a much bigger stadium. But. uh, Same. I mean, it's the same people that fill out the Seahawks stadium. Right. Go bananas. Right. And I I kind of, I got to admit, I already have goosebumps a little bit thinking about what that's going to be like watching that team play ecuador in front of that crowd it's going to be amazing yeah i don't think it can i for for a large venue here in the u.s i don't think we can have a better venue no agreed for that agreed and granted it i don't know where the i don't know where the semis are are going to be played obviously that'd be kind of looking ahead you're not one of those people that's already saying that we, we could win the copa are you no, 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 okay, no, no, right, no, no, right. no, no. I, I think legitimately, yeah, I, sure, I like we're to think, win it. I like to think we can win this next game. We could, but we could just. But then I, again, I thought the sky was falling yeah. last uh, last week. This time, I thought, yeah. I'm ready to kick Klinsman down the road. Yeah. So I was I mean, with you with how bad you know. So in a week's time, I'm not. I'm not willing to say that I'm back on the Klinsman bandwagon. I think the guys have played better. Mm-hmm. He hasn't changed his strategy at all. The strategy is nope. has stayed the same. His middle just raised high and in the air. And maybe to your point, it's been good Bradley, good Bradley in some back-to-back games where yeah. he was so, so horrible in the Columbia game. Um, we will be playing this game against Ecuador without Yedlin. Yeah, I and am slightly concerned about that. I am I am concerned about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's especially if Orozco if, if he sticks with the same formation, he being Klinsman, and and just inserts Michael Orozco into Yedlin's position at right back like he did uh, in the Paraguay match after Yedlin was sent off. It's gonna be it's gonna be rough. Let's let's talk about the Paraguay match real yeah. quick. What Scott, if, if you were to describe the Paraguay match, mm-hmm. USA wins one nothing. Mm-hmm. How would you describe it? Rugged. Brian. I thought you were just going to say John Brooks. Oh. That's a, that's probably what I was looking for. Yeah, I, I think you were which saying is true. that. I mean, which it was is a gritty win, having to play gritty. a man down for I, I forty-five said, minutes. But yeah, I would have said gritty. Hold on, performance. John uh, DeAndre Yedlin, our starting right back, picked up back-to-back yellows in the forty-sixth and forty-eighth minute, <laughs> which is amazing. Silly. 
And so gets so gets ejected. We had already had a one nothing lead thanks to a Clint Dempsey goal in the twenty seventh minute. So the rest of the second half, we are just defending the goal. Mm-hmm. We ha- we do have a few chances at some goals on some counterattacks. Zardes and Bobby Wood mm-hmm. were leading that charge on the counters, and those two guys were working so hard defensively and then offensively when we got the ball. I mean, they were really doing a heck of a job getting up the field. Two standout performers in this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, John Brooks. John Brooks. What a one versus three. John damn Brooks. Oh, man. <laughs> so good. Who oh. stops a one on three? American hero. That's who. <laughs> Not many. Captain people. America. That's who. John Listen, Brooks. He was so good. This It might have been one of the best matches of his life. He was that good. He, it, yeah, I agree. Um, every single ball that came in was cleared. He, every decision he had to make was flawless as a defender. And then his passing out of the back, which is normally shaky, was really, really good. And then organizing, I don't know, you know, I don't know how much organizing was going on back there because they were just defending wave after wave after attack after attack. But up to that point, uh, Brad Friedel, who was, yeah, he had some rough moments calling this game uh, as the color commentator, but he kept raving about the United States shape and uh, and pointed out that this was probably the best 45 minutes of American soccer since the World Cup. Mm. And, uh, and, and so you, he was crediting Brooks and Cameron at the back for that, and he was crediting Bobby Wood at the front for that. Yeah. So I think Brooks did when he was able until we went a man down. I think I think you're you're right on the money for giving him credit for that. What was your impression, Scott, of uh, Bobby Wood? The boy has become a man in this tournament. That's what I think. Uh, he is no longer Bobby Wood in my mind. From now on, we can decide if he's Bob or Robert, but he's one of those two. It's, he he needs a man's name now. Bob Wood. Is the U.S. striker Mr. Bob or Mr. Robert Wood mm-hmm. or Mr. Bob Wood? I I, I, I probably lean Mr. Bob Wood. Brian, what your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like Robert Robert is uh, probably this is a little more stately. Bob is <laughs> Bob is definitely casual, but Bobby, yeah. I think we can safely eject. we can drop eject. the e. Yeah, he um why why Scott why do you feel like he he's dropping he the was e? all all over the place. He was all over the place. Uh, that effort that he gave, it, Klinsman, while he kept the same eleven players, it was it's been pointed out uh, at length in, in numerous sources that he made a, a tactical switch. And instead of doing a four three three, he dropped Zardes back. He even dropped Clint, uh, Clint Dempsey into the number ten role and played Bobby Wood up front. And it allowed Wood to thrive. His movement was excellent. He was putting a lot of high pressure on the ball throughout that first half, and even when he was able in the second. And uh, and it ju- and then, obviously, uh, this is specifically in the Paraguay match, Costa Rica match, he scored a brilliant goal. Yeah. Uh, it's been a great couple of matches for Bobby so, Wood. But not only is it his offensive work that's getting it done, but he's kind of gaining that... High work rate defensively. The high work rate mm-hmm. defensively, mm-hmm. because he is... He's breaking up play, just trying to start from the back, yep. standing up, getting chest to chest with guys, getting in people's faces, not yeah. taking oh, any. Yeah. Oh, not, yeah. Right? I mean, that, oh, yeah. that's why that's we feel like yeah, the boys kind of become a man. He's taking a leadership role up front. He's, he's definitely done it. It's something that we haven't had. That even, even in the days of Altidore, he's not doing stuff like that. Right. He's waiting for the ball to come there to him. There was a fire there, was. there mm-hmm. that Mr. Wood was showing, right? It's enough to uh, maybe make Dave want to start watching some Bundesliga during uh, the fall. I mean, listen, playing with that type of fire, you might find your way in the EPL. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> American Enter Valencia. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yep. Now, before we transition away from talking about the Copa America tournament, uh, I want to discuss how we can get more casual sports fans interested in this tournament, which means sure. that some of you hardcore, uh, especially if you're American sports yeah. fans, soccer fans out there, you need to start throwing, thinking about throwing a quarterfinal Copa party for the U.S.-Ecuador match. The environment at the match is going to be great. I'm counting on Seattle to come through for that. Yeah. But you need to create that type of environment on, in your Seattle. home. Come on, Seattle. In your home. I don't think you have to worry about them. So no. it's pretty easy to throw a soccer party because everything revolves around the match. It's it's sure. it's a two-hour event. There's a little more than 90 minutes of play in that two hours. So there's not a lot of downtime uh, that you've got to worry about 
major party plans. But get people there a few minutes early. If you can plan ahead, you can do some prop bets, things, even simple stuff like sure. who's going to score the first goal, what's the total number of goals, how many goals will the U.S. score, uh, you know, how, you know, will there be any yellow cards record? You put, you can put yeah. together ten prop bets pretty quickly. Yeah, and listen, and invite. Invite some friends mm-hmm. that are right there on the fence. That's right. I know that I want to do that this week as Thursday night happens to coincide with my birthday. Oh, you got some leverage. So I'm, leverage. Assuming, I'm assuming that the three of us, and I've already ha- can I have a few confirmations from a few others that will be together at a local establishment probably somewhere. Mm. So, uh, Look at I, you. Yeah, I I think in look we we have let's some, get Fox in there. Let's get a camera. We can let them know about our watch party. I, I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah, nice. I, but all of us should also, if we have a fringe fan, this is a great yep. time to to bring someone in. Especially, I f- I have found getting people involved, like with the Premier League or soccer in general, it's easier to grab onto the international scene, the U.S. team. It's like the gateway soccer. It mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I like that. It is. I like that a lot. Now, so it many is. people have become fans of the Premier League because of the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, and the same thing can happen with the Copa America. You just got to be prepared to explain what Copa America is, who's in it, a little bit about the format, and yeah. why the U.S. match is so important. And then the match itself is going to is gonna entertain the folks, we, we hope. Uh, you know, be prepared with some food or host it at a place where good food will be served. Sure. And then all that you've got to worry about, because people are going to leave when the match is done, all you've got to worry about is that 15 minutes during halftime. Yeah. Put together some kind of game, a quick game. Don't let it go longer than 15 minutes. Some sort of question and answer or charades. Guess the U.S. American soccer player. Sure. You can make up anything 15 yeah. minutes long. Get the people involved. Make it soccer related and people have a good time. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a really great idea. I, I will say this. Just one kind of stat looking for to- looking towards excuse me, the, the game Thursday. The last two games, we've kind of won... In a Leicester-ish fashion, mm-hmm. Costa Rica we had forty-one percent to Costa Rica or to Costa Rica's fifty-nine percent. Mm. Paraguay, Paraguay had sixty-five percent. We had thirty-five. Those are those are Leicester-ish yeah. stats, right? Yeah. Now the Paraguay game, I get it because we're defending so much. Yeah. The Costa Rica game, I was kind of surprised to see those final stats because we dominated it. Leicester dominated games this year, giving away possession and just killing people on the counter that's, that's what we did against costa rica I, i'm not sure if that's how exactly it's going to go against ecuador our record against ecuador when we play them is really good um but they've got some world-class players they're, no no they're they not, do they, they're not listen, this they're, could easily be a loss nope absolutely yeah and uh but that's just an interesting kind of stat to look at maybe brian if we're losing possession that might be a good sign for us it looks like possession only matters sometimes. <laughs> it's becoming the trend. Italy, I mean, yesterday, is, I just, just to see, I mean, Italy beats Belgium yesterday, for example, right. with 45%. Right, we're not talking possession. about, we're not on the Euros I yet. know, what I'm saying is. Okay. <laughs> save your All good, I'm saying save your is. Good stats, Brian. It, no, it just seems like they're, I mean, it, it just, I think watching sometimes, I know that I've felt this way, there's, it just feels a lot of times like, the the U.S. just doesn't. It, it's like they. It feels like they're intentionally giving the ball away okay. a, a lot of time, and in it a does, Lester fashion. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel like they're trying to hold sometimes, we and it's almost like they're. Yeah. It's almost like it's it's wrong. All right. Well, in my in my I'm opinion, cynical. and I was saying this last week. Uh-huh. We do not have the holding. We don't have midfielders to hold the ball. I was going to say I'm, I'm a little bit more cynical than that. I don't think it's intentional. I think it's an inability. I, okay, yeah, I would no, probably. Yeah. But I, what I'm saying is, I think a lot of times that if, if there's something that when you when you see a team that is capable of holding the ball for you know more than three consecutive passes, <laughs> I feel like as a good place to start but whenever you see a team that's capable Spain. of holding it yeah like for when you do like if you do get into a team where it's like 60% possession or something like that that is you feel that yeah and it feels right whether or not it produces points like 
like Belgium having 55% possession against Italy, for example. I know we're not on that yet. Sure. But what I'm saying is I think for the casual fan, if you see that, if you see the United States and you see that it's like, hey, what are they doing? Why can't they possess the ball for very long? Yeah. Like watching, like I know when we watched, you know, with a, a friend for, in the Columbia match, yeah. that really quickly it can turn to disinterest. Huh. Not only does it feel like, what am I do? Like, why am I watching this? But it's like, is this the best that the United States can do, really? Right. And then yeah. having to explain, like, no, no, they're actually really good. <laughs> they're one of the best teams in the world. Sure. Uh, and so this is actually. Pretty accurate. This is strategy. This, this is we're just, <laughs> Columbia is ranked number four in the world. We're trying not to lose five nothing. So that's this is a good a good hey, result for us. It's the right thing to do because uh, that's true. We, we lost the gold differential. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a good place now to start discussing the other tournament that's going on uh, there uh, throughout the summer, the start of Euro 2016. Now, we are recording, as we always tell you, on Tuesday morning, so we are four days into the tournament as we record. There'll be a couple more matches that take place between now and when you listen to this, at most, or at, at the least. We're going to be discussing uh, what we know about the first ten matches of the tournament. This has been a really, really good start to the tournament so far. I know that a lot of times the opening uh, matches for each country can be a bit boring because no one wants to lose their first match. Statistically, the U.S. has debunked this in the Copa, but statistically it is very difficult to advance past the group stage if you lose your first match. Mm-hmm. However... No one's playing it safe. There haven't been a single 0-0 result in the first 10 matches. I pointed out to you guys before we started recording, of the 900 yeah. minutes of football, 898 of them have been taking place while the play is level or there's a one-goal lead. Yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. Only two minutes. Both times in stoppage time have there been two nil leads in this tournament at the most. Now, that will change, but that is an impressive start, and the, the play has been quality. There have been no 0-0 matches. I've been so excited about this tournament that I put together a top ten list of my favorite moments so really? far. I thought we could use that to kind of guide our conversation about this okay, tournament. Absolutely. If that's okay. All right. So I've got these ranked too. These aren't in any, these are in order of my excitement. Oh, so we're starting so, at like ten working our way yeah, to one. Yeah. So I hope that's okay. That we yeah, jump around that's a really. Bit. I like that. Let's that's right. way too much, actually. <laughs> so, well, I can I can take it all back. Why we did don't you have do, to do Why this. did you do this? <laughs> we don't deserve this much organization, but I like it. Can't help it. All right, number ten. Wales getting their first win in Euro competition since 1958. Wales has a good team. It's not bad. You know, I was watching Ireland play yesterday, and I noticed Who that they Who also has a good team? What? Yeah. I was actually what uh, I was about to say. Don't... No, they've got a lot of championship-level talent. We just recognize a lot of them because a lot of them play in the fringes of the Premier League. I mean, their striker up front was John Walters of Stoke. They had a lot Shane of... Shane Nor- Long? Shane Long's their best player on paper. He's their best player on paper. Why are you backing but off your West Hulahan West Hulahan, yeah. Norwich City, West Hulahan scores Robbie a goal. Brady. You were championing Hulahan in the season. Uh, for a while I was. There's no doubt about it. For a while I was. I'm just saying when it comes to this international level of play, they're using a lot of B-rated like Premier League players, like second-rate hey, Premier League guys. Ask Belgium about their A-league. You're absolutely they're right. They're A-rated. I think they're A-rated players in about being a team. I think you're being harsh on Belgium. They did not look that Maybe. bad. They did not look that bad. Hey, I, they're going to win two more, Spain? their next two matches and go through. Spain barely got by, too. It took Spain's an 87th got minute. striker issues. Spain's got major striker issues. What and number is this on your Diego top ten Diego Costa. List? None of these are on my list, <laughs> oh, okay. so we're okay. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd say... Sh- I, know, sh- I know. We're jumping. These are all honorable all over the place. Spain, Spain's got striker issues. They're going to have trouble scoring goals. Uh, that's very Spain, clear. one of the... Top two, three, four rated teams in the world. Is t- you're telling me that they don't have a Spanish striker that can play? Diego Costa, but he's not in form. He's the only one? Well, they've got, they pulled in a couple and played them uh, from uh, so their mid-table. So Bobby Wood and Zardes would be better striker options than what Spain has to offer. Certainly not. Certainly not, no. Don't they have Morata in there? They could start Morata. Morata. Yeah, he struggled yesterday. He didn't, he didn't take advantage of his opportunities. Okay, well, I'm just saying. Nolito. He struggled a little bit. Yeah, uh, but, right. But I mean, um, I take both of those on the U.S. men's national team. Of, but well, of course, they're not. They're not. They haven't proven it yet on the Would international stage. You got Shane stage. Long or Morata. See, you're poo-pooing Long. Morata. 
But it's close. But it's. It, I am thinking <laughs> a little bit about that. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, the Irish team. Listen, just because you have a group of A players, they have heart. Be, listen, these guys don't play. <laughs> oh. Listen, on, the, on, what a, the what a nice that. insult. <laughs> yeah. Listen, on, I think they might advance into the paper, round of sixteen. Well, listen, the international games, you can have a lot of top talent, but these guys don't play together like they do with their clubs, right? So you can have teams who can show heart, Brian. Uh, Lots and of or, heart. <laughs> And make games closer, a lot closer than they they would be able to probably on the club level. So my whole point, though, starting with Wales, is that their talent is on a higher level than Ireland. They've Mm -hmm. got a higher caliber of player. And I have more optimism for Wales because of not just Gareth Bale, but also guys like Aaron Ramsey. Joe Allen. Joe Allen, who Who at times can play really well. But it's still Liverpool. Uh, it's, It's different than... Norwich. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I just... That's the I, that's the title of this podcast. Liverpool greater than Norwich. Norwich. I'm okay with that, because I feel safe with that being attributed to okay. me. Okay. So, that's I don't number think 10. Many, not that's many just people. number 10. Let oh, me, let's man. get to number 9. All right, number 9. But, no, but I like the Wales team. It's going to be I fun. I think they're going to be a, a sleeper team to they, maybe win I, a game in the knockout I think stage. they're going to get out of the group. Yeah. And I think England's going to have their hands full, and I'm, exci- I'm excited to watch this no, next match. Yeah, okay, that, I don't want to talk about it yet, because okay. I'm getting to that. All right, All right number nine. Vedran Chorluka, and I probably am butchering that name. <laughs> probably <laughs> Croatian defender Chorluka and his bloody head. Did you guys see this in the whale, in the Croatia match? No. Croatia-Turkey? So he takes an elbow to the top of the head during a, an attempt at a header, nice. and just blood is... Pouring I did, I down did, his I face. I did see a picture of this. They do a turban-like head wrap just to get him back out there on the pitch. And then they decide to undo that at halftime and try to send him out there with a lighter dressing. It starts pouring down from the top of his head again. So he has to have it turban wrapped two more times in the second half. I mean, the guy, I don't know how he was on his feet, having run five, seven, nine miles, and, <laughs> and on top of that, blood. losing all this blood. <laughs> and then in addition to that, they didn't. They didn't wipe it all off. It just, so the guy played with dried blood down his face and neck. It was the weirdest thing. At one point, even the uh, the ESPN announcer is saying, I'm surprised they're letting him play. Yeah. Typically, referees If you have any be, blood on anything, they make you go off or change, you your, would think so. change your kit or something. Apparently, Europe is just as weak about bloody uh, uh, play as they are about, about concussion protocol. Oh it probably looked just like a really uh, neat neck tattoo. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. So. <laughs> Good point. B- uh, Boric, the goalkeeper <laughs> oh, yeah. for, for, for... Was it Southampton? No, no. for uh, Up the Cherries. Oh, for yeah, Bournemouth. it's Born- Bournemouth, yeah. Born- Bournemouth. 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 Yeah. We're, we're, we're in the off-season. It's all good. Look, we'll get there. <laughs> but Number- my point is, I was riveted by Chor Luca's blood. His bloody head throughout this entire match. By his effort because of the blood, or just no, mostly his just what's like how much is showing through the like turban wrap. Ridiculous. How much it was unbelievable. I was so shocked. Chorluka's bloody blood. head or Modric's goal. Not talking about that yet. Oh, Brian. man! Holy cow! You're not allowed. This is right. Scott's top ten. Number eight. <laughs> Number eight. Professional TV graphics. I really enjoy seeing some of the uh, the stats that ESPN's putting up on the screen during uh, during the matches. A lot better than Foxes. A lot better than Foxes. So ESPN's giving us numbers like how many touches are taking place yeah. for each side in the attacking third. Meanwhile, Fox during the Copa, while Colombia and Costa Rica are playing, they attribute the first goal on screen to a Costa Rican named Priscilla Chinchilla, someone who I have not yet found on the official roster. Hmm. I don't don't have anything good to say about Fox's coverage on the Copa. It's like the interns have decided to rebel. The announcers are horrible. They Fox Fox has a lot to learn. Fox. Send them an email. I would send an email. Maybe we should a customer complaint. Do they have a suggestion box? Alexis Dallas or something. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 been painful, but ESPN has done a great job, and it's been fun to see. It's it's it, it's only enhancing the coverage. Yeah. Number seven, Poland first ever win in the Euro. I'm really surprised that yep. that was Poland's first win. They have they Poland's got a pretty decent team. 
and I mean a lot of draws and and just disappointment in the group stage. But I think this uh, someone uh, you brought them up a little bit as a joke last week, and I was like, actually, I think Poland's gonna be decent. Obviously, led by Lewandowski up front from Bayern Munich, who is he is world class, um, thirty plus goals last year at Bayern. So he um, he's leading the way. They've got a lot of other great talent. Maybe not talent that we've discussed because it's not a lot of uh, English. Uh, Premier League uh, talent during the the club season, but they're going to be good. They're going to be really good. First ever win. Number six. Matches with full stadiums. That's my number six favorite part about this tournament. They have or have not had? They are full. The stadiums are are full, full and the environments have been great because of it. Um, In fact, this kind of leads into, if if I can do that, can I can I do a stat of the day? Sure. Scott, stat okay? of the day? So, sure. Uh, and now, I'm not going to introduce this. You <laughs> can just launch right into it. I, should, I, I, could, I could do it. Yeah, but dude, it has to be different than than Matt. All right. All right. I'll try to do something. I'll try to manufacture High something. High pitched, real squeaky voiced. <laughs> and now, it's time for Scott's stat of the day. So the attendance numbers are actually not that different between Euro matches so far, and we we only have the stats for the first few matches, obviously, and the first several Copa matches. Uh, in fact, the average Euro attendance number is about 44,000. Uh, the average uh, attendance figure at a Copa match is about 40,000. Now, again, these are averages, so especially with the Copa, there have been matches with 15,000, there have been matches with 70,000, so we're, we're finding the average, the number in the middle. But the average attendance numbers are not that different. The difference is in the stadiums that these matches are being played in. The venues. The average size of a Euro venue is 49,800 seats. Yeah. The average size of a Copa venue is 70,745 seats. Yeah. Who thought we were going to outsell the Euro venues by 40% and put them in these football stadiums? No, I, Who thought horrible. we would sell NFL football well, stadium numbers for, for Haiti versus uh, El Salvador? Here's that, he, that, that's $50 not a, a pop. Yeah. Here, here lies the problem, I think. We don't have anything in between. We had the MLS stadiums, which are twenty yeah. to thirty thousand, maybe fifteen to twenty. Fifteen, yeah, and, usually, yeah, yeah, fifteen to twenty, and then we had the NFL stadiums, which are seventy to eighty to ninety. We don't have anything in between. There are baseball stadiums, but the dimensions are weird, and no. it creates it's yeah. a weird way to watch. That would be yeah. the yeah. only option, and most of those are between. We're not going to host. I guess Copa thirty America. to forty, but it's not set. It's not set up right. So we don't. So they had to make a decision, and they went for all right. Let's figure out. Let's just try to do the best we can with the biggest stadiums because. It honestly has changed my impression. I've gone because you can't help but be kind of bummed when you see these empty seats at these stadiums. But you know, for Mexico to get seventy thousand in the Rose Bowl, when like that would fill where well, they they're going to the play Texas the final Stadium. Euro so, twenty sixteen. Like these, these are actually decent numbers. The Mexico Venezuela game in Houston, in the Texans Stadium was sold out. It's, I feel it's like the, pretty impressive. I feel yeah. like the Ecuador, uh, who they just beat? It was I think it was Haiti. Haiti. Yeah, I think they put the attendance on there at forty nine thousand, almost fifty thousand. That really was good a, that was pretty I amazing. Believe, I can't believe that game got that yeah. attendance. I'm I'm shocked. Like it's completely changed my impression. Even though unfortunately it still doesn't play well on TV. Yeah. So that's number six. Number five. England's draw with Russia. Now, England was crushing the game of kick it at the keeper, doing such a great job. They were owning the day against Russia in their match of kick it at the keeper. Unfortunately, Eric Dyer got one past the keeper in the second half. Holy crap, was that a goal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Luckily for England, Russia did the same thing at the other end in stoppage time. 1-1 is the finish. Is that the story of the match, or what happened after the match? Well, that's another item on my okay. list. However, uh, I think I think I don't want to overreact because England drawing with Russia is not the way they would want to have started the match. No. Anyone well, who heard last week's pod knows that I'm already very cautiously optimistic about England's yeah, chances because yeah. of Roy Hodgson's presence as manager. But uh, he had, England looked good. He had good. some interesting starts in this match. He changed things around. He went against his own form and actually made several changes compared to the squad that he used in the last friendly. I'm not sure 
that it was the right decisions. All right. What do you think was wrong? I agree with you, but I want to hear what you think. I, so he started Lalana and Sterling. Yeah. I was surprised by that, too. I'm not... I, maybe I'm starting Lalana. I'm not starting Sterling. And they flanked uh, Harry Kane up front. Yeah. And Rooney was dropped back behind Sterling on the left. I get it, because both of them played those positions. You know, I guess they, they went with a 1-3 or a 4-2-3-1 a mm-hmm. set up with Rooney okay. in the middle. Uh, playing behind Kane, so I get it because that's a more natural position. If it's me, though, you have other players, and I'm playing probably a different formation. They just they just lacked that quality finish. You know, Lalana had numerous chances. His standout to me. Uh, if we were giving a Cameron Jerome Wasteful Player of the Week award, I'd be tempted to look his way. Uh, but the um, I just they like, had so many. They looked really good. They deserved a win. They really did. So I'm not going to be too hard put on teams England. away. Yeah. If you leave it at one nothing and you don't put teams away, someone getting a last second goal is going to get a draw out of it, and and that that's a point, especially, you know, when you know a Welsh team that really has it out for you, and and you get they're going to get their chance this next game. Um, I don't know, man. That's saving grace for England is that almost everyone advances from the group stage. Sixteen of the twenty four <laughs> teams go on to the group stage, so uh, you've got to make a good sure bet. you don't finish fourth uh, and and do decently finishing third and you should advance. So uh, there's no danger for England, especially if they get uh, a win against either of the other teams in their group. But nervy, nervy times. Yeah. No doubt about it. And uh, Roy, I'm looking at you. Number four. Germany manager Joachim Lowe. How is this not number one? <laughs> I decided to go a little How bit more emotional. How is this emotional. not number one? Uh, Brian, can I just have you describe this briefly for us? It's the weirdest. I mean, at what at what point? I mean, you know that you have you. There are cameras everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Hold on, but we need to know what happened first. He he just we he reached into his own with the front of his pants and kind of the back of his pants, and he s- smelled his own fingers. <laughs> It was closer to it was cl- <laughs> it was closer to like, like we said like zoo footage of the monkey exhibit. It was closer to that than it was uh, international football manager on the sidelines. I said I want I would I want to hear his explanation for what he was doing without him using the word checking. <laughs> maybe maybe it was like a stress test, like based on the smell of his own ball sweat, he could see how who, who stressed out. What he was, was the SNL skit with the girl who used to put her fingers up underneath her arms uh, and then come out and smell? Them? Yeah, but even that because his words. Uh, yeah, even this that is, is just that, that. I feel like that's mm. something that. But he tried to be sneaky about smelling, and like he went and sat down first, and then kind of put his hand on his chin, and then like the fingers were under the nose. He must have been so just zoned into the game. He somehow forgot that he was standing in front of fifty thousand people with cameras all with around, millions around the world, and. How many times have people seen this on had YouTube? To check, uh, dude. When I How saw it for the first time, there, I couldn't. Be- I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I can't. I don't know what. Because at the beginning of the video clip, you can see where his hand is, and you're like, surely he's not doing what I think he's doing. And then you watch it, and you're like, oh my gosh, who does this? Even All if it this- was an even if it was a, a, a an in game adjustment, it's still like, like the- even that. I mean, you're. What what are you doing, you don't have to go man? Inside yeah, to exactly. Just, you like, know? and Be then sneaky. there's there was... are other places to go, like the tunnel or the locker room or some other <laughs> some other spot where you're more oh alone. My gosh. So crazy. I don't know what he was doing. All of that no, is overshadowing. No one knows All that's saying. overshadowing Germany's two 0 win over Ukraine. Ukraine put up a fight, but Germany looks really good. Number three, fan violence. England and Russia have gotten themselves into a bit of trouble. Days of hooliganism in Marseille uh, spilling over into the end of this match. Um, it's, it's impossible to know how much of it's been instigated by Russian fans versus English uh, fans. But the bottom line is UEFA has warned both countries that uh, they could be banned from this the rest of this tournament if this doesn't change. And uh, I saw yesterday Wayne Rooney put out a video pleading with fans not to cause trouble. Well, they also, France said, no more booze hmm. and or alcohol served 
around any stadium. And I don't know what radius they put around the stadiums, but probably a decent distance because they can't. France has a lot of stuff going on already, anyways, yeah. with terrorism and flooding and a ton of other stuff. I mean, floods moved the ESPN set from where they were, you know, f- to nice. a new set. Yeah. I think they're going back this this in, in the next couple of days back to their original green set. screen in the Eiffel Tower. This right. makes you feel like you're right there in downtown. But they, there's a lot of things going on in France right now. When you factor in, and, and to hear some of the fans' accounts, like Vardy's wife saying that they were being herded towards the, the fans rushing towards the gates to get away from the hooliganism mm-hmm. or the thuggery that's going on. And then the the French security who handled it inappropriately, they were trying to get everyone to go in a certain area. They didn't want it going out to the streets. So they locked the gates and fans were then having to try to climb over the fences to try to get out because the security had locked the gates. It's crazy stuff. It's it's kind of some scary stuff going yeah, on. I mean, it it's is. not just some guys saying, "Hey, let's just throw a few punches around." Like, no, there's it's some people that scale. were really, really scared. Kind of herds of people. You know, yeah. luckily, luckily, no one got trampled. I have a headline of breaking news. For you, okay. but I cannot get to a story on it. Easily. <laughs> UEFA gives Russia suspended disqualification from Euro 2016 and a £150,000 fine for trouble against England, ESPN is reporting. UEFA gives Russia suspended disqualification from Euro 2016. What does that mean? Suspended I don't know. Disqualification. Are they saying we reserve the right to suspend you? Or we're suspending... I don't know what that means. What? I would love to be able to tell you, but <laughs> the only thing that I can say is... Hey, breaking first time breaking news on the Fantasy Soccer FC Yeah, we still know what the news is. The problem yeah. is, is can't. it won't be breaking by the time you hear this. Yeah. Uh, later yeah. to, 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 You'll know more than we do. Yeah. Hey, that's all right. Interesting. Suspended disqualification. Well, UEFA, I've seen it here too. A suspended qualification for crowd trouble. A suspended disqualification. Yeah. I All I know is this, is, is from diving into it, it looked like there was some form of an organized attack from Russian fans who had a bunch of black shirt on, shirts on, mm-hmm. black bandanas, and other things. They got flares in. I mean, I heard some of the media saying, how do people get flares in? When we had, we, the media, had to go through these security checks. We had to take our belts off and everything else like we're going into an airport. How do people get flares in the stadium? He's like, if you can get flares in, you can get other stuff in. And, um, you know, Russian fans, I mean, we talked about this about six or seven, you know, pods ago. Two, you know, different... Uh, fan bases clashing in this Russian stadium. The, remember the remember the, the black flares are sort of mm-hmm. a, and the red mm-hmm. the red flares. I think it was uh, Serbia. It's all the same. It's all the same. Oh. It's, it's Eastern. It's Eastern. <laughs> Do we Eastern have any Europe. Eastern European but, listeners? But, <laughs> forgive me. Forgive <laughs> me. Um, regardless, yeah, it was yeah. a scary incident, it, it, and now they have a suspended disqualification, which, which means that they will be disqualified from the championship if their fans are guilty of any violence inside the stadium during the remaining. So they got a yellow card. Yeah, basically. Yep, that's right. Okay. Yep. Russia's been giving a yellow which card. Which good. Uh, I guess you'd expect that England gets a similar. I don't know. I would have expected the news at the same time if that was going to be the case. Maybe they see Russia they would just instigating say, this. UEFA more. gives Russia and England. You'll but know it does by the time we hear that. this. I that's suppose. true. That's All true. Right. Uh, number right. two. Number two. Modric's goal. Modric's goal was a very nice goal. One timer. One timer. That aided <laughs> by the Turkish player who is uh, worried about his hair. While was the ball that goal was still better than Dyer's? Yes. Dyer's goal, I felt like, was at a 120 miles per hour. It felt like it was just a rip. I felt like the Modric goal, the goalie just wasn't ready. It was a heck of a goal. I'm not taking anything away from yeah. it. But the, it skipped in front of the of the line. Yeah. It bounced in. The Dyer goal was a free kick that was just punished into the net. And the keeper never had a chance. 
I love to see the uh, the, tra the trajectory of this ball though was was something like it seemed to defy physics you know, the way it went up and came back just, down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was stunning. And then dipped right in front of the keeper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was amazing. What's was the percentage? What's the percentage of of uh, ball into net uh, connection for a, a kick that what like one of those one time volleys? I mean, I feel like it's eight. <laughs> the number of times that a ball comes out so, like that, like, and the you, and the player kicks it right back. The in. weight of your the ball has to be just has right. To be perfect. Yep. Your yep. timing through the ball has to be perfect. Then you got to hit the sweet spot of the ball. It, so many things have to be. Good yeah, every on that time play. that happens, it's like, how, how does anyone do this? Yeah, and so why they're always the best. Yeah, they're amazing. It, and it got Croatia. The, the one, three points. Yeah. 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 They'll probably go through. And that they're they're gonna be a sneaky good team. Uh number one. Best moment of the year so far. Dimitri Payet's tears after his wonder volley goal in the opening match of the wow. tournament. Dimitri Payet, Ryan. He is currently a West Ham hammer. He may not be. No. I, did you see West Ham's tweet? Like, they started uh, a, a new hashtag after the goal, what? after the match. Keep Payet. Hashtag, we've got Payet. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, I think. Uh, listen, I, he, he's your, if you're West Ham, obviously he's your he's your big name. And you're opening your stud. stadium, you got to hold on he to him. He was the one guy. Once we realized who he was after the first or second match of the season, he was a guy that, we, he was in all of our fantasy lineups all year long. Yeah. And we recommended him every single week. It, I love to see this. So he, and I'm he, he's sort of a late bloomer, right? Sort of a yeah, late bloomer. Sure. I mean, this is his he's first. He's 29. Yeah, exactly. So it's his first international tournament. I so think. is Jamie Vardy. Yeah, yeah, and Vardy's kind of a late bloomer too. The Sun UK is is reporting, or at least saying that Manchester City, Chelsea. And PSG yeah, are all are looking all interested. Of course, of course, everyone Who is. Who wouldn't it's the, it's, want Payet? Yeah, and Golo Conte too. Yeah. Everybody wants that guy. Yeah, but I'm yeah, hoping of course, we can still play them in our fantasy soccer league next year. Yeah. Speaking of fantasy soccer, uh, not a lot of signings that took place over the last week. Right. Uh, any news that you guys want to discuss, or things that will be of interest to our fantasy soccer listeners? We had talked about Kuman uh, yep, yep. being rumored to Finally be at Everton. That finished. got confirmed this morning, so yep. that that's a done deal. Um, I thought it was interesting. Uh, West Ham reportedly had offered a bid to Lyon, thirty-two million pounds for Lacazette. I don't think that guy's coming to England. And Lyon turned it down and said they want forty million pounds. Yeah, the the the, the fee. Has, I mean, this is which this is, has been ongoing for multiple transfer windows. Which is why. The only, I mean, I said it just that Stoke once they set the transfer fee at twelve and a half million for Marko Arnautovic, which seems so uber that doesn't low. sound right no. compared to some of these other guys that are like that Manchester United signed uh, Eric Bailey by Bailey Bailey for thirty. The, yeah. the defender, but, yeah, and and I, you know, I saw at least I I think it was on the Mirror or something like that where the reporter said like you know what why do you spend so much on a guy who is you know who has such little experience and just said like that's the that's the quality of player you're gonna you're gonna get raw talent you can't get you can't bring somebody in uh just that's already proven yeah. for, for for that much money so then whenever you and i see 12 and a half million for for marco for marco i'm just like that guy was Pretty obviously good. Seems to be pretty well proven in terms of what his actual performance was over the course of a pretty tough season. I, I think, in that sense, it's easier to find someone in Marco's position than find maybe a central defender that Mourinho thinks he's getting in Bayi. Position could have something to do with that too. Because there's yeah. fewer center defend central defenders that maybe have the physical. Attributes you're looking for, uh, and along with some of the other mental attributes that you're looking for. That's the only thing that I can figure because Ryan, it does sound, it does sound crazy. But Eric Bailly is going to be just another guy that I'm not going to start him 
to start oh, the season. No. no, 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 no. You're gonna have to wait and see on that guy. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, maybe in two years, but I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting to see. So far, we haven't had many high-profile signings that are gonna impact fantasy soccer. Lineups. No, it, it, we're we're. I think we're gonna be waiting till this this tournament, the Euro yeah. tournament, gets over, and even part of the Copa. Um, it was interesting. Um, Gunduan. Mm-hmm. You guys okay with how I said that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. He he's going to be starting the season on crutches for I City. Saw, I'm looking at a picture of him yeah. right now. Dislocated yeah. his kneecap last month. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Sorry, City. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no wonder they're signing eight guys. Nathan, Half of them can't play. Nathan Redmond, a pod favorite. He's coming. A pod favorite, absolutely coming. Probably back to the Premier League with the uh, with the teams Southampton, Stoke, or West Brom. God help me if he goes to West Brom. Please don't go to West never Brom. Score. But Stoke and Southampton, I'd, I'd, be fitting, I'd like to see Redmond after a year at, at either one of those yeah, places. I, <laughs> I feel like Redmond fit in best at Southampton. I mean, everyone would fit in well. Everyone Although there's a new coach. There. Like, there's a new, yeah, new regime we don't coming know who in. It's be so, either. Uh, we'll see how that works. Um, and the manager that we th- said was part of the rumor mill from Sevilla, Unai Emery, he's now rumored to maybe be going to PSG. I think he probably will go to PSG if given the choice between them wow, and what Southampton. A, what an upgrade no, for that guy, right? I mean, he's earned it. What's Laurent Blanc doing? Is he from the old coach in PSG? Is he shutting it down? I don't know where he's going to go, but he's uh, rumored to be on the way out. Can I give you guys a history of Hull City? Yes, Absolutely. All right, so we've been going through doing this new summer series where we give you a, an incomplete, unofficial history of a club. <laughs> I like that. As we lead into uh, the next season, give you an idea of who uh, who to look for, and uh, and also what it means to be watching these clubs as they start to play their matches in August when the new season begins. We started with the um, the two clubs that came through first and second from the championship last year, promoted to the Premier League for next season. Middlesbrough and Burnley. Middlesbrough and Burnley. Yep. So go back and listen to our pod. Uh, uh, the last two weeks, if you've missed those. This week, I'm going to talk about the third promoted club, Hull City. Hull City began in 1904. Uh, they are officially known as Hull City AFC, which stands for Association Football Club. That's going to be very important in just a minute. You'll see why. Their <laughs> nickname is the Tigers. They're known as the Tigers. Um, that's, that's a that's name a, that American fans yeah, can, sure. I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah. they can relate to. Uh, they play at a place called the Casey Stadium, although it appears that for next season it's going to be known as KCOM Stadium, thanks to a uh, sponsorship. sponsorship agreement. Yep, so KCOM Stadium. They have not one, but two mascots. Rory the Tiger. Get it? Rory oh, the Tiger. Rory. Yeah, like, okay. yeah, like McElroy. McElroy. No, 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 you missed it. Rory. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rory I, guess, the, I think I understand that. And his mascot sister. What mascot has a sister? They have two. Rory and his sister Amber. That's how she's always announced, too. Rory the Tiger and his sister Amber. Amber. I've got a huh. picture on social media. Amber the Tiger. At Fantasy Soccer FC if you want to see which. Why can't she be like Rorley? Roryette, maybe. <laughs> I have no idea. she not No, let's roar. go with Amber. Amber. No, it's, sure. it's Amber. Yep, definitely Whatever. Amber. Uh, they finished fourth last year, but because of how the uh, promotion playoffs are set up for teams third through sixth, Hull City benefited, and uh, they defeated Sheffield Wednesday to Brian's chagrin in the Man. playoff final. I wanted Sheffield Dave, Broccoli to make it. Sheffield, we need Sheffield Wednesday in there. Mm. This club has never won a major trophy in its history. The closest that they came was in the 2014 FA Cup Final. They went up 2-0 early and ended up losing 3-2 to Dave's Arsenal. They scored too early. They scored twice too early. Wow. Yes, that's the closest they've come to a major, major trophy in their history. Um... They have a couple of guys who are going to be interesting to watch. Um, their their lead scorer last year by mile was Abel Hernandez. He's with the Uruguay and Copa America. He scored 21 goals in the championship last year. He didn't play. I looked it up the previous season when Hull was in the Premier League. They, they're they doing the yo-yo. They were in the Premier League in 14-15, in went down for 15-16, and they're back up into the championship for this coming year. Hernandez didn't start very many games for them when they were last in the Premier League. So I'd be curious to see how he might do up front with a full season under his belt. He might do okay for them. He came in that January transfer period. That's why. Good call. 
and that would make sense. And he did, I guess, start a, a good chunk of those second half matches. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I'd be curious to see how he does after a year down in the championship, having done so well. Mohamed Diame was our second best scorer with, with 10 goals. Uh, one guy who also came up in the stats quite a bit, he uh, was, I think, third or fourth in league goals and led them in assists was Sam Klukas. He, uh, he has uh, a number of... Um, clubs that he's gone he, he's played for he's worked his way up the ranks of English hmm. football Hull has been his highest stop so far so he will be in the Premier League I think for the first time in his career assuming hmm. Vardying he, uh, oh. I don't know I'm not going to make that claim for him but uh, you're just saying name, you're guaranteeing he will have no less than 23 goals he'll do better year. than Zlatan by double <laughs> no I'm not saying that at all <laughs> Now, the major story that I think that you need to know about, and you might remember this being a story last time Hall was in the Premier League, is with their owner. Uh, <laughs> Asem Alam, I believe is his name. And uh, he tried to rename the club, officially rename the club. He wanted to call them the Hall Tigers. That's right. He said that was going to be a better business move for them. And, uh, and so he went to rename them. And he didn't do it right, though, because the fans rebelled intensely rebelled and have been for a number of years against this rebranding choice. Let me just give you some quotes uh, that Alam has been credited with. A couple of these, these first couple come from a, a Guardian article from a couple of years ago. Alam stated he dislikes the word city as it is too common, that's a quote, common, hmm. and a lousy identity, quote unquote. Uh, he says it's, it's too common, like you, you see Leicester City and all these other clubs, Manchester City and all these clubs with city in it. He said that it's too common, it's a lousy identity, since too many other clubs do it, we've got to get rid of city in the name. Hmm. In a few years, this is a quote, many clubs will follow and change their names to something more interesting and I will have proved I am a leader. And then he added that if he were the owner of Manchester City, Please help me. This has got to be real. If if I were the owner of Manchester City, I would change their name to Manchester Hunter. What? I don't know. I don't get it. Manchester Hunter? I don't know why. I don't get it either. Who is this Sheffield guy? Wednesday. Maybe he's behind Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, maybe, maybe so. Maybe, maybe Broccoli. It suggests Broccoli. <laughs> okay. Nobody questions my decision in my business when, he was talk when he's asked about the fan complaints. Oh, wow. So the fans started this counter group to this name change called City Till We Die. Oh. Whoa. And Alam says they can die as soon as they want, as long as they leave the club for the majority who just want to watch good football. <laughs> Wow. He has put the club up for sale because he's not winning this battle. They are staying Hall City, uh, and he is not going to win. So he has the club up for sale. So there's probably a, a change in ownership pending for Hall City so in the near we, future. So if we had the money, we could buy the Hall City Tigers. Yeah, allegedly for like around 100 million pounds, which doesn't seem like enough. I'm sure a bank would give us a loan for that. Sure. <laughs> Hall City? No. Hall Sword Bullets. Hall Strike Force. <laughs> Less not boring city. That's weird. <laughs> Can I read you my limerick that I wrote about this? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And this is it. And then I'm done. Hall was out of the league last year. A pity. Their play quickly brought them back up. Gritty. Their owner's a dunce. He hasn't gotten it right once. Mm. For supporters, there's no better word than city. Wow. Yeah. Take nice. That. Take Asan that. Salam. Salami. What his name was? Take that, Salami. Uh, neither of those things. But that's that's cool. I like it. I well Asan done, Scott. I like that. Uh, that's a, dude, you're, you're crushing the limericks. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. A hidden talent I didn't know I had. Listen, you, you've now established... Uh, still, still nowhere near filthy enough. <laughs> I know. One you day. Had, I was really, it was really hard not to rhyme city with sure. something else. Sure. Well, you would have made Brian a happy, I happy gent. I know. You did I rhyme it of. with pity. Yeah, pity and gritty. Yeah, those are good. Those uh -huh. are exactly rhyme. <laughs> well, I believe... We're out of time. We're out of time. And I believe this brings us to the end of, uh, of a pod. Um, listen, get your your Thursday night... Copa party. Copa party's it ready. It rolls off the tongue. Copa Red, party. white, and blue. Mm -hmm. Buy your scarves. Let's be American outlaws. Let's give some roars. Let's give some American roars. American outlaws. And let's cheer these guys on. Uh, because 
it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun time. I'd love to see a victory. Of course, we all would. And then let's see what happens in the semis. Um, you just never know. Oh, man. You never. Just try to recapture that, recapture that momentum from the from the going into the World Cup. This is never going to happen. But could you imagine a U.S. Mexico final? It could. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Could you imagine how how intense that would be? Where is the final? I don't remember. I want to say the Rose Bowl. Oh my god! It'd be pro Mexico for sure. It would be. Mm. Yes, it would be. All right. Listen, thanks for joining us today. You can always find us at Fantasy Soccer FC on Twitter and Fantasy Soccer FC on Facebook. Message us, shoot us a funny line, criticize us, you know, give us some feedback. We would love to hear you from Make you. Make sure you include Arlo White. Always take Arlo. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe not. No, no, no. Respect Arlo. We love Arlo. And uh, until next time. <laughs>